Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So, so it's come to this. So, yeah. It's come to Look. this. And, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. no regrets. No, no regrets. I'm cool. Eric. It's cool. I'm Charlie. And we make a lot of good calls. <laughs> we, we make a lot of solid choices. And, you know, sometimes we're going to miss. We're going to miss. And uh, but, but all the clues were there. You know, when you dedicate yourself to a movie podcast. Sure. You got to. You got to talk about movies, and not there's all a, movies are created equal. There's a finite amount of them out there. We're all trying our best here, and you know? we make informed decisions based on the people and that we like. And you know, sometimes we're gonna miss. And we we love Nicolas Cage so much. Love him, still do. This has not changed that. The Wicker Man was an inevitability. I feel it, it was. It, it did come to. It had to come to this it had at some to come point. To the Wicker Man. Yeah, and we were gonna. We did the original Wicker Man. Great episode. Spooky movie. Love one of the it. Best. The original Wicker Man is a tough to duplicate movie. Yeah, as we now know, almost like you shouldn't shouldn't have tried to do it. It's a one in a million kind of you know this unique a- <laughs> piece of work. <laughs> yeah, right. This is such the- could have only happened in the seventies in England at that time with those people. Yes. Lightning in the bottle. Perfect snapshot. And in 2006, the lightning was not there. The 2000s for horror is a real decade of just trying to bring it back. Trying to bring back all the best movies from the the 70s and the 80s and just doing them again. Well, uh, from the 50s. I mean, they were bringing House of Wax back. They were bringing My (laughs) Bloody Valentine back. One of these horror movies has to stick, right? We could redo one of them. are they wanting a new Texas Chainsaw? Do they need a yeah. new Freddy? Do we need Do we need a new Wicker Man? This was the toughest reach to find a new audience for the Wicker Man. One of the weirdest, yeah, right. most bizarre, unique, like you said, time and place. Uh, a movie movies. that probably didn't have much of an audience to begin with. A very cult, cult like, movie, cult <laughs> by all definitions, cult movie. So the 2006 Wicker Man is pretty famous. For being just roundly praised. <laughs> Pretty highly acclaimed. We all know it. Everybody knows it. So Everyone loved it when they saw it. So as as a guy who was like the sincere Nick Cage fan, you were the yeah. guy that was just like, have you guys seen, like, what was the one where he was a cop with Bridget Fonda? <laughs> Shit, I don't know. It could happen to you. It could happen to you. You guys seen it could happen to you? Great yeah, movie. I mean, you wanted... We wrote down like forty Nick Cage movies yeah, we're, for we're, this for this little idea. We're we're in week three of our Nick Cage a thon here. Yeah. And we've hit a we've hit a great eighties vampire movie. We hit a essential two thousand and two coming of age Essential Cage. Figure like, out yeah, your this life. Adaptation was like formative for our movie. Top going five years, Cage right? performance. And Big now time. uh yeah, we, we thought what else? What other Nick Cage movies are we there? We were unanimous on Wicker Man for a real important reason. This is, like it or not, an important movie in the Cage canon. There it's a are, turning point. It's there a are point. millions of people who found out who Nicolas Cage was because of 
the rise of internet usage, yeah. and this specific movie. This is a movie that I think took his career in, in a direction that could only <laughs> have existed with the rise of the internet. Yeah, this is, you know, he became an internet star. Yes. And this... uh, he became more than an actor in The Wicker Man. For you and I, it's crazy to look at the man because when during our teen years, there was like no bigger star. This he was a mega star. He mega was the star. summer blockbuster star. He was Will Smith. He at was the same time as Will Smith. Right. But also like if Will Smith at the same time could do the like alcoholic Academy Award winner performance while he's doing the Michael Bay action movie stuff. Yeah. At this the was the same pre- fucking time. This was pre like pursuit of happiness Will yeah. Smith. He wasn't doing Ali. Yeah, right. Yeah. He was just doing cool guy Will Smith. He was just punching aliens. Men in Black, Independence Day. Yeah. The best summer movies, right? But Nicolas Cage, the triad, right? He was the guy getting me to go to so many movies in the summer. Just seeing the new Nick Cage. And he continued doing that. He had a long run of being the guy in the blockbuster. An improbably long run, honestly. Mm. As great of an actor as he is, like to be the box office star as well as just the noticeable actor, he was doing it. Yeah. Right? Without it ever seeming like he's trying something that he's not ready for. Yeah. Right. Just, I feel like so many actors, so many blockbuster stars, like a, like Jim Carrey, tried to make his twenty three. He tried to go in some dark direction. <laughs> yeah, you do some like troubled writer horror movie, right? And Nick Cage never felt like he was in waters that he did not belong in. He never felt like a fish out of water, a, a guy who shouldn't be there. Yeah. He always felt right in the moment. Whether it's Scorsese or De Palma or Michael Bay movies, he fit right in. Yeah, you think right and at he the, made it better always. Right at the end of that run of, you know, Con Air, The Rock, Face Off, it's like, he's doing Bringing Out the Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing like real, like, oh my God, like this is, this and is then, acting. Yeah. This is real. Leaving Las Vegas was right at the beginning of that run of, exactly. he's doing his full, you know, hardcore alcoholism, like powerful performance, right? Acclaimed, Oscar winning. Oscar winning performance. And then, but to win the Oscar and then be in three just boom after one after the other. The biggest summer blockbusters played on TBS for a decade plus mm-hmm. afterwards, right? They're probably on right now. One right now, one of those movies is on somewhere. Yeah. Guaranteed. Because these were huge movies. And everybody knew he was like a weird guy. <laughs> it was not a secret. He was clearly we a loved weird that about guy. Him. And we loved it. Yeah. We it loved how weird him. he was. It would be just Robin Williams not just being a beloved guy, but also like another summer blockbuster for Robin Williams. Another new hairstyle, another new wig for Williams. Right. Crushes this one. Do you see his teeth? They're crazy. <laughs> I think we talked about in, in Vampire's Kiss, it's like it would just be like if Gary Busey had just a box office run. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you have to consider Gary Busey's career a runaway success just for, I mean, post-motorcycle accident like wow you got another good 12 years out of that when you were like busey busey that's yeah. crazy and, and, and nick cage was that same way but like if you married michael jackson's ex-wife yeah. <laughs> nick cage is the guy who you're just like what kind of eggs does he own <laughs> like he married michael jackson's wife but he's the first guy since michael jackson who you believe like 
how many skeletons? Like famous skeletons does right. he have? Oh, you've heard he bought like 12 islands, right? And, he, and he's, yeah, he owns a giraffe. He rides a rhino. You know, all anything is believable with Nick Cage. Yes. And we love him for it. We love him. And that's why we go to the movies to see this wacko just completely dominate the big screen. So many, you and I have seen so many Cage movies that we have loved, but we both separately landed on The Wicker Man because somehow neither of us have seen it. Everybody is familiar with some 12-minute vi- or whatever-minute video of this movie yeah. that was had. To, he's like the first meme guy, right? Before that term was coined. And, and maybe that's why we never saw it, because we kind of saw it already. You see a lot of... Uh, in, in the commercials and in the videos and in the Nerdist uh, you know, recaps. <laughs> yeah. How everything. did this get made? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he did that Wicker Man, that... Uh, that weird fucking movie. <laughs> we saw... I'm sure Wicker Man, by the time we were seeing this video of Nick Cage in it, I, I don't think I knew anybody who'd actually seen the the wood, you know, the original. The original. Wicker yeah, yeah. Man. I, I don't think anybody... We kind of knew it. We were vaguely familiar. It was one of those things that we've heard about, but neither... It was obscure. This movie was yeah. not like... Like you said, not a popular huge movie. This was not like remaking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the early 2000s. Like... This was an obscure British film <laughs> from over 40 years before. Right, which kind of asks the, the, the bang question is, why why did you remake it? Why are we doing this again? I got to imagine it's that Neil LeBute clout. <laughs> <laughs> Neil you LeBute. think LeBute fought for this? Our writer-director, Neil, Neil Canadian LeBute? Neil LeBute is a really great screenwriter. This guy has made some some fascinating movies uh when i got <laughs> when i found uh in the company of men at a going out of business video store that was a movie i watched a lot and that movie is messed up mm-hmm. there's one thing neil labute does well is like hard cynical misogyny he's really good at hating women <laughs> and treating them like really badly right and presenting these shockingly he's like a todd solon's Kind of guy where you get a really unflattering look at upper class mm-hmm. suburbia society, right? Failed marriages, people who have done bad things to other human beings. Like the plot of In the Company of Men is Aaron Eckhart, my introduction to him. Mm. A real Labute regular. <laughs> yeah. You know, shows up in the Labute. They came up together. Yeah. And uh, it's Aaron Eckhart deciding, you know, he's on some business trip setting up a new office for his company for six weeks. He and another guy are going to trick a woman into thinking they're interested in her, just as something to do mm-hmm. for six weeks, right? And that really feels like it sums up every Neil LeBute screenplay. Right? It's always like some guy like really like kind of unnecessarily wielding power over women. And so now he's like, I'm going to do the Wicker Man, and I'm going to make the whole island women. And it's just going to be all these women messing with Nick Cage. It's it's a personal thing. Yeah, it's a personal thing. It's women against this guy. It's not just an island of people luring a cop in for their sacrifice. It's women luring a man in, making him think he's the father of a child. Yeah. You know. All these tricky women. Ugh. The women trickery. You know, this guy wrote The Shape of Things, Your Friends and Neighbors. Like, there's... And his dialogue can be shocking. And I guess... When I heard, knowing we hadn't seen it, mm-hmm. only knowing the famous meme video, not the bees, yeah. like, you know, 
Everybody saw that. Everybody him, saw him, him running in a bear suit. Yeah, just drop kicking Lily Sobieski. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the Wicker Man we'll, we're familiar with. But you and I wrote down separately so many different movies. And we both stuck on Wicker Man because I think we really wanted this to... We wanted to be the guys to be like, okay, guess what has aged incredibly <laughs> since 06? Yeah. Guess what was wrongly yeah. maligned? This is not a movie to laugh at. This is a movie to cherish. I think we were both really like... Well, once I found Neil LeBoot wrote it, it's like, okay, that's at least an interesting guy. Yeah. I think we found that a few times now where we, we watch a movie and we go like, you know what's really good? You know, Bad Dreams or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, like some movie that... Turns is... out Scanner Cop kicks ass, guys. Yeah, exactly. Scanners but 4, like, good. killer. Yeah, like good stuff. And... We're falling so over for the like every Silent Night, Deadly Night sequel. Oh, Turns yeah. out they're all Dude. great. Turns out they're great. I was just thinking the other day how that part four with the bugs is like, man, that's a fucking good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And that comes up a lot where it's just like, man, you know what rocks? You know, this movie that everyone thinks is a joke. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I think there was a bit of us going like, you know, it might rock. This might really kick. Wicker it. Man. It's got Nick Cage. Yeah. You know, it's got it's, the Wicker Man. It's got the Wicker Man. And Mia LaBoot, love him. Has, <laughs> when you look at the name of the <laughs> always women. Always love him. Always love the guy. Uh, some but, some good ladies in it. Like Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, I love Molly Parker. Love Molly Parker. I don't know that one woman's oh name, God. but she's the one who was always like really butch. She was like cop rock. She was unpopular. You got the big she lady. You, got, bar- you had the mom from Six Feet Under. Oh yeah, Frances oh, she Conroy. Was, she was good in this. She's good, and yeah, of course, Lily. We love her. This uh, was during that sick, cool, like several year period where Lily Sobieski was in stuff. Yeah, I always like her fresh, young Helen Hunt face. <laughs> she's, <laughs> I just I love Sobieski. I yeah, she's just so weird because it's like she's a base. She's a total base. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of when I whenever I think of her, I just think of that Spaceballs bit where it's like she's a base. <laughs> she's got such a deep voice yeah i don't know i love her and so we're looking over the cast list and we're like this could rock this could rock then we're like cuddling you know we're cuddling in we're spooning on the couch to watch <laughs> this thing then so, all these little surprises are coming up. music by angelo badalamente oh, like, i know oh hello God. we're in the bag for this we got some credentials here and like I said, the uh, boot scores or his screenplays have sh- some of the descriptions of acts that he has described in his movies are downright like startling. In the mm. same way, Todd Solon's movies are just like Jesus, right? How many guys messed up? Like, if he's... I know Happiness is my favorite movie, but how many people can I tell that mm. to? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like who, I'm not recommending this to just anybody, right? And that's a lot of his movies. And the biggest shock for Wicker Man was how toothless it was mm-hmm. this was like a soft movie that 10 minute highlight of him just like where's the girl like it's just way better than the full hundred minutes of this thing it, it's so it's too much of a remake it is so it's like the, same, the original it's the same dialogue it's the same character names in a lot of it it's with none of the shock and none of the weird. It's not original in it uh, enough to do its own. Th- it doesn't do anything of its own, Mm-mm. except for like him punching people in a, in a bear suit. Yeah. It just, uh, yeah, it was like surprising how 
oh, it's the wicker man. <laughs> yeah, we we oh. we like did the bathroom break hour through, and it was just kind of like, boy, it's really sticking close <laughs> to the original here, huh? Except they don't do the weird like, boy, this corn rigs and barley rigs song has been. <laughs> I- Going on for a bit. I can't tell you how disappointed I am. There's what no a... mention of corn rigs or barley rigs and how they are Bonnie. It corn is... rigs are Bonnie. I don't love many composers <laughs> more than Angelo Badalamente. Some of the greatest movie music, mm-hmm. right? Iconic. Does it get better than Twin Peaks theme? No. Or like Julie Cruz's album. <laughs> Jeez, like this guy is just... He's one of the Castigliani brothers, you know? <laughs> you don't go against the family. Yeah. No, Badalamente is just associated with too many great movies and his scores. And I did not realize until, you know, the Wicker Man is a, a musical. 73 movie, this is, music is central to these people's lives. And Yeah, it's true. And when it hit me kind of like an hour and 15 minute through that, I'm, I have not even like been noticing this score. Like, all I noticed in this movie were just how some of these birds and bugs would not shut up. <laughs> he is out in fields, and there are birds just ha- making a racket over every piece of dialogue. And I just wanted them corn rigs. Yeah. I wanted yeah, that it, vibe. This felt like uh, someone took, like, Badalamente tapes and just kind of played them over. Like, it just felt like a background. Orchestral background it was loops. Just, it was just background. It was just... It was just him looking at a field and it being like, oh, yeah, the spooky field. The visuals of the island on Wicker Man, the original, were so important. And the weirdness and the unsettling outsider vibes. Mm-hmm. Every, I, when I said toothless, it's like everything was so close to the original, but just dialed down so much. That sinister level wasn't there. That paranoia wasn't really there. Cage had so many kind of sleepwalky little moments through this where he's just like, I'm going to find Rowan. Yeah. He's just t- saying the word Rowan over and over well, and over so again. Well, so we start off, too, with this one, with giving Cage this, like, trauma backstory. He's a cop. Real, like, real lean, mean cop. This guy's in Bike, good shape in this Motorcycle, flight. California CHP chips kind of cop. Yeah. And, yeah, the opening scene is him trying to give this little girl her dolly back that she threw out on the on the highway. and their car gets crank, creamed, just we're, completely we're exploded. We're on a roll of just unexpected, <laughs> yeah. like, T-boned trucker car accidents, man. And then uh, they can't find the bodies. And no totally one knows bad. what happened yeah. to this mom and the child. And he's very disturbed. And then he gets a letter. And then we basically just, get into it, the Wicker Man. Then it man. is exactly the Wicker Man. So why, did, why do we need this trauma backstory? <laughs> why, do we, why does he keep flashing back to this disappeared girl in the car that... Is not Rowan. Not the girl. <laughs> not the girl we're looking girl. for. And doesn't seem to do anything to... It's this real it's, thin, like, a girl died that he saw, and now he's going to save this other girl. But, you know, the first Wicker Man deals with all this stubborn religious repression. Yeah. And, you know, going against your ideals and all of the... Just all ignoring all these red flags and... All of that intrigue is gone mm-hmm. in this one. This is not intrigue in any way. You get some people that are... He bribes his way on a summer aisle for a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. This guy's like, these people are private. This is my whole business. I'm not going to fuck this up. He's like, how about a hundred bucks? All right. How about this 50 <laughs> and his twin, another 50? And it's like, 
You son of a bitch. And he literally does to like old Grant here. <laughs> and his brother Ulysses. The naming of the dude on the dollar. Come on, man. How's that ever, has that ever convinced anyone? Like, hold on. Yeah. I know who that is. Got a little matching on... set right here. You know which president's on which bill. I don't need to say the numbers. All right, I'll drop you off. hundred bucks. This. That guy ended up eyeless <laughs> yeah. for a hundo. He didn't do well. What are you going to get? Like a nice meal? <laughs> what are you going to get, man? A couple lunches? Some gas for your plane. <laughs> yeah, for your plane. Jeez, that guy's a bunch to fly out to Summer Isle. Yeah, man, it just... I went in so like no no no, these idiots. We're gonna find the gold here. These idiots. I've I've yeah. been to, I'm sick of the let's laugh at Nicolas Cage. Treat him like he's Tommy Wiseau because mm-hmm. he flipped out about bees. You know what? If you put a bee mask on me, I'd probably sound exactly the same. How mu- how many ways can you react to bees? It's a tough spot for an actor to be in. And that's not even in the movie. That's in the you know that wasn't in the movie we watched. That was not in the theatrical cut. The bees were an unrated DVD exclusive. Him him punching like and and yeah, knocking out three different women. Definitely in the movie. In the theatrical cut, we got that. But yeah, it was such such a like, you know what I was thinking? Where it's twenty twenty three, and the world is so much crazier now. Yeah. Than it was in two thousand six. It's kind of like. This movie is the equivalent of Howard Dean giving a yell <laughs> and then getting and expulsed. People just immediately going like, from the presidential race. I don't care for that. This is such a like in 2006, people were just so desperate for any kind of wackiness that mm-hmm. they saw this, I think, and, and glommed on. And it's like you watch the movie, you're going like, this isn't really that. They made a meme out of this. He's yeah. yelling about a burned doll in. It feels di- feels like meme. a totally different time, right? It just yeah, it feels. Yeah, I know. I've met so many people, you know, uh, through my work with the college radio. Like I was meeting kids, you know, college students. Mm-hmm. Right? This is how they knew Nick Cage. They yeah. weren't old enough to be to be Nick Cage movie star fans. They weren't renting Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, but they'd never seen Moonstruck or Valley Girl. Right? They'd never seen the Cotton Club. They don't know what this kid can do. Right? They only seen the bees and punching punching a, a handsome woman. It must have been really tough for kids who were like high school age in 2006. Like the world had just gone to shit when you were like 10 years old. (laughs) You know, like you're just about to enter this brand new, like I'm an adult chapter. And you're like, we're flying, we're flying planes into buildings now. This is is the the world I get to live in. And then you get a whole decade of just House of Wax remakes, Wicker Man. What a 2010 nightmare on Elm Street remake! Like nothing original or cool or cutting edge that you can call your own. Yeah, just all this. Are there kids that are just like Ghost Ship? That's my movie. Yeah, like, there are. Two, I think there has. To, I, I guess there, there have to be right. I think there's a whole generation of kids who are like really into, like not even like the early 2000 <laughs> stuff. Yeah, just like oh six to just 08 like that oh six. <laughs> <laughs> and and then yeah, Nick Cage like his career takes a real turn here. Yes. At this point, he stops doing kind of the more interesting. Like before this, even we we just talked about adaptation in two thousand two, and in the, the four years between that movie and this movie, he does like Matchstick Men, Cool Ridley Scott. I think it's Ridley Scott did that yeah. movie. Lord of War. Lord of War, great movie. He's so good in it. It's good. And he does this, and then he. And then he becomes a clown almost. He becomes this. It goes into self-parody for a this while. Joke and and the wigs get real bad too. Yeah, he goes through some wig. This I one thing I will say about Wicker Man. For, we keep talking about how to the, also 
Just one of the most normal cage cuts. Yeah. For a guy who gets ridiculous with hair and had been doing it for a decade already. The Con Air hair was 10 years earlier at this point. This is basically, yeah, this is like they slapped on, they they spray painted it black and just put the, the thinning Con Air hair. Yeah, pretty, pretty much just. Or the, uh, the rock hair. The rock hair, the rock yeah. hair yeah. He had pretty much, yeah, just thinning normal kind of cop hair. Just a. Boy, we aren't taking any risks yeah. with this Wicker Man, folks. And he would do a Ghost Rider like right after this. Truly just an abysmal mop on his head in that movie. <laughs> the Ghost Rider rug is tough. <laughs> Ghost Rider well, rug it's also is a like, tough there's one. This, there's this weird kind of like, he starts making these movies that, to me, don't feel like real movies. Yeah. Like there's this, I remember, I was such a Nick Cage fan. That <laughs> you, this course. guy that I was kind of friends with. Uh, what was his name? Ben, friend of a friend, right? Sure. I'm like, I want to go see Wind Talkers. So, <laughs> it looks so good. I'm like, I'm like, you're not doing anything, right? Let's go see Wind Talkers. So the one that's like an Esperanto, and, and it's like something. some World War II movie where he's using the Navajo uh, code breakers and stuff. Yeah, man, you watch that movie, it's like this isn't a real movie. <laughs> this is just like some some friend of Nick Cage, but it's like John Woo or something crazy. <laughs> And this feels the same way. Like, this is like, this is a movie? I like, mean, like, this got, people bought tickets and went out on a, a Friday night and movie, saw yeah. this movie? This was not, like, technically a bomb either. I don't think this was successful, but it, like, was fine. It, it just, wasn't a huge bust. I think there's just this, pro- like, CGI starts coming into play, and you see so many bad CGI shots in this movie. Yeah. Like, the water, it's like, why is the water CGI? Why do we do it, right? <laughs> Why, why bother with that? What happened you can't there? get a shot at sunset. You got to recreate that. And, you know, he. there's a lot of fake movies. Like you said, you know which one I think is fake? Because I've never met another human who's ever witnessed it. World Trade Center. Yeah. That can't be real. I never saw it. No way. The but five years after Dub TC movie? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Who is seeing World Oliver Trade Stone Center? apparently made it? Impossible, right? <laughs> I've never see, heard another person who's seen it. That yeah. has to be fake. I make jokes about 9-11 all the time, and I somehow <laughs> haven't seen it. I want every movie to end. If the Wicker Man had ended with the Wicker Man head falling and then the planes hitting Tower <laughs> 1, <laughs> I know, eight right? stars. I would have loved I've it. Seen, like, it's one of those where it's like, I saw that Tom Hanks movie where he dies in 9-11. Uh where is it? Tom Hanks 9-11? Tom Hanks dies in 9-11 in a movie. The Burbs? It's called uh, like <laughs> Everything's Illuminated. Or it's like the same kind no, of everything up close right. and really loud or something. And it's like. Like Max von Sydow? <laughs> yes. The one yes, that's like. Yes. The movie that's like. And Sandra Bullock's like his wife who like sees it happen. Yeah. And it's, kids it's like life is beautiful, but for 9-11. Yeah. Right? Let's go on a treasure hunt. It's like they made so many movies like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, World Trade Center. Wasn't, there was one about not just, so there's supposedly a World <laughs> Trade Center movie, cool. but wasn't there also one that was like Flight Nine? I don't know. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and that's the guy who did like Captain Flight Phillips 93. Later. Yeah. And it's like all aboard that flight. No way. So many fake movies. Wasn't there like a Pixar 9 11 movie? Sure. <laughs> like, Ralph, Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Had a Ralph, lot of night. It was Ralph, basically a nine eleven plot. Crashes into the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no... Ralph goes down some dark holes on the yeah. on the web. He takes gets some, indoctrinated. Gets like alt right pilled on the internet. 
yeah, but all these movies were still like kind of big. Like even while he's doing like, oh, like that's not a real movie. It's also like Book of Secrets, National Treasure too. Yeah, right. He's still getting the National Treasure bucks during this years. So he's still like a big actor, but also like, what is the Sorcerer's Apprentice? All of his theater <laughs> movies felt like. Every movie he was doing, it's like, was that based on a children's book or is it like an original? I don't, I don't know what these are. What's yeah. Drive Angry? What's Bangkok Dangerous? <laughs> Bangkok all, Dangerous. All of his movies sound like they're basically Drive two angry. words just shoved together like Toyotathon. Yeah. At a certain point, like they don't seem real. Season of the Witch. Is that cool? Did he do a Halloween it three? Might be. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, yeah. but Nick Cage, Wicker Man. Which I thought I was voting for the weatherman. That we yeah. I thought I was voting for the family man. The family <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh. We could have done eight millimeter. Like we oh my god. Done, That's so, a good movie. There's so many choices. So many oh, I know. And uh this is the this is the direction we went in. And we we had to know. Well, you know, it's it, like I said, it's like you go digging for gold, you know. Yeah. You, you're not gonna turn up a a gold mine every time. It's, we're not we're not breaking down a new ground to be like, hey, that Scorsese movie did pretty good, right? Pretty good, yeah. Maybe. Everybody knows Con Air's great. We all celebrated Con Air's existence for two decades now. I wonder if he was just putting the boot on his like dance card because Nick Cage really is also a guy who's like worked with every yeah director. Like you're talking Oliver Stone for World Trade Center, even or. Yeah, he's worked with John Woo, he's worked with Scorsese and David Lynch, and maybe he was just like, yeah, this Neil LeBute guy is pretty good. Maybe we'll do something. It's cool, right? It's cool to work with. And he's like, wait, Wicker Man? I think the problem with the Wicker Man remake, it's like, it never felt like a horror movie or even a thriller. There's not a scary thing in this entire movie. There's not even a moment where your heart starts beating out of like, oh no, He's in trouble. He's, I, they're going to wicker man him. Like, you just never get that moment of, uh, it's, I don't know. I think it's just too crisp. It's really not. So, in the original, every scene is just so uncomfortable once he's on that island, right? That scene in the in the inn, you know how much I love one of those scenes where you walk in and there's just 20-something angry locals mm-hmm. that all kind of push out their just. right when you come in i'm already into that but then you're going into a several minute song about like this girl's gonna get it this girl's gonna get some like the sexual aspect being completely gone from this movie it just took away i love remember how bizarre in the original is like he goes outside the inn and there's just people rutting in the fields (laughs) yeah just you're just like, it out what is going on here? And this guy is so and, sexually repressed. And this that whole naked woman just tip-tapping on his wall and just seducing him. This movie kept teasing us with things that might happen. Like, he's in the bar, Nicolas Cage. And she's like, yeah, this concoction I'm giving you is a local recipe. Uh, and he just guzzles some and you're just like, oh, shit. This is where it goes down. And it really doesn't. No. Turns out he just has some more later, and then everything's pretty okay. Well, so this one, they yeah, they, they make it all ladies. There's a few men. They seem to be... Like half-wits. Like Hodor, yeah. essentially. <laughs> yeah. They, they kept even... around as breeding stock. Yeah. Livestock men. And, and there's the metaphor is like they're keeping bees on this island, so it's not just you know fruits and veggies, uh, but they're, and they're making this whole thing about drones and the queen bee and... 
breeding keep, and stuff. And it's just so like, all right, after five minutes of that, you're just like, okay. Any metaphors or analogies they try and make really are just fallen. This is just kind of dull. And it shouldn't be dull. None of the actors yeah. in this movie are dull actors. Yeah. I liked the bad vibes conversations he was having with Lily Sobieski. One of my favorite things about the original is this maddening thing where he would like ask everyone these questions and nobody was ever answering this guy's questions. Mm -hmm. He would ask something and they would kind of talk about something related to it, but not quite with the answer that he was of the thing he was actually wanting the answer to. And so he's just getting frustrated and frustrated, but stubbornly persevering. And Cage is more just like, no, I'm staying. I have people to talk to. It's just this boring cop's duty. Well, then he was so just like, I'm going to need some answers, actually. Uh, every conversation where he doesn't get what he wants in this one, he's just like, no, I'm going to stick around and wait for the answers to happen. <laughs> yeah. You and guys will like, all start start speaking. Oh, I guess you're not answering the questions. Okay. Well, uh... and then it just kind of, yeah, every scene just kind of ended that way. <laughs> Yeah, it really, you see that highlight video that everybody knows with him just punching women and kicking babies. Good stuff. And it's great. Yeah. Cinema. It all, it, that is all just like a straight cut of the last eight minutes of this movie. Because up until then, it's just him just, okay, well, I know I'm an outsider here, so I'm going to just, it is so, none of the sinister threats. Yeah. None of the bad, he's obviously not wanted there. But it kind of just makes sense that they're just like, yeah, we kind of keep to ourselves out here, actually. But I guess we'll kind of humor you. But none of it is. I felt in the original threatened by all the little schoolgirls. Mm-hmm. I was scared by every one of these girls. And he's just doing the exact same things as the original. But they're all just kind of just going through and checking off kind of similar versions of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Without ever actually go- even does you little liars. Like It was a huge moment. In the Wicker Man, when he straight up calls those kids liars. <laughs> oh, man. It's just a, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember seeing that in the theater. And when, he, when he's silent and he's just like, you're all lying. You're all lying. Like, the people in the crowd, you could hear shifting going like, oh, sh- this guy got to start taking it out on kid. Like, Well, because in the original, it's such a thing where it's like, this is a man alone on the island. And all, and he, you know, it's pretty obvious everyone's in on something. Yeah. And... For him to not play it cool and to be such a party pooper in the first one, you know, such such an asshole. He or really such, is. Just, and this one, uh, they give him like this personal stake in it, like him believing it's his daughter and him believing really this weird... woman that he used to be engaged with Dude. that he doesn't seem to know anything about or <laughs> have any connection we, with. We had talked in adaptation ex. about the joke in the screenplay of just like, I don't want characters to grow. I want don't want them to learn <laughs> things. And it's like, this is that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. There is no character growth. The setup scene for him to go to this island is filled with so little detail. It's some other cop in his precinct with a mustache going like, so how do you know this woman? And he's like, well, to know her isn't really to put it correctly. And that's it. That's kind of all we know. And then, then the woman shows up and it's like, what is she, like 17? <laughs> Who is this woman? Like, Nick, Nick Cage is a clear man in his 40s. It's like, when did he even know this Willow? Right. Where did he meet this girl? You know? This is what, in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. But it doesn't up really in the Puget look Sound. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, 
it's just so uh, you know he hallucinates a little bit and it's all <laughs> so played so all these interesting weird things that are happening to him are just so getting us to the next spot you know i couldn't say that maybe i would think this was better had i not been such a huge fan of the 73 version but mm-hmm. i can't imagine anybody being that interested watching this 2006 I just another one hit me. Black Christmas 06. Oh yeah, sure. What an all-time Oof. what an all-time bad <laughs> reimagining of a classic, right? It just Also yeah. from 73. <laughs> not my style. Yeah, not my style. I've heard people that are fans of that movie, but mm-hmm. I guess if you're 15 years old in 06, what are what are your options? Yeah, I think a lot of people who, who and maybe that's the same way with us. It's like maybe nostalgia, you know, plays a big part into this. It's like I didn't see The Wicker Man when I was 13. No. You know, the, this version, I mean. But if I had, maybe I'd have more affinity yeah, is for it. Is it scarier? Because, like you said, first one, scary's the wrong word for it. It's this horror folklore fantasy that's not necessarily scary. It's more just this building sense of dread. It's dread and tension and... and but it's real. Unease. Like, I feel, every time yeah. I see it, I love that movie more and more. First time, it was really a, like... I had no idea the Barley Riggs song would come back that many times. <laughs> and then the second time, I was just like, yeah, give me them rigs. With them Barley Riggs. Give me back. them rigs. They're Barney. They're oh, Barney. so Bonnie. <laughs> these rigs. Like, I just want, I just get so into this thing as its own mm-hmm. entity. And then this is just like, I probably, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like the Gus Van Sant Psycho more than <laughs> this. That one feels like at least more of a psychotic vision. This guy, mm-hmm. this felt like Neil Boot being like, you know what? This is my chance to redo a thing I like. Well, it it felt like a guy who's used to hard, you know, character dramas, trying to do a horror movie, but just not knowing how to like do it. Like, there's a, I think the scene that got the biggest laugh from us watching it just now is when he falls asleep on the dock and he has that dream in a dream. Yeah, wake up and then it's like he's like holding the dead it's, girl it's in the his like, arms. Oh, uh, you know, jump scare. But then, oh no. A, the dead girl, oh, double jump scare. And then Nick Cage wakes up the second time just going, God damn it. And <laughs> so let me tell sick you, of Summer Isle. that's kind of how I was feeling. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. this is this is the, the jump scare? Like, you can't even do that? It, it had such great names attached that I just was going in, even knowing it's red. This is not like a... You know, I'm sure the Rotten Tomatoes score ain't a too fresh. This is a this is about a three point seven on the old IMDb <laughs> scale. See, and even that, it's just you know we've watched bad movies, but we tend to to look for a lot of good in these yeah. bad movies. This is a forty million dollar movie. That's a more insulting bad movie, right? Right. To get forty million dollars to make one of the most unique visions of a film. And just kind of not really go nuts with it. To not really do it. You know, you're to come up with something this dull mm-hmm. is just such a failure. You know, say what you will about Gremlins 2. <laughs> they knew there wasn't going to be a Gremlins 3. And they did it. Sure. You know there's no... He's just like, when am I going to get $40 million to make this? Again, like... So then just to kind of redo a TV movie version of it? Yeah. How does how did forty million dollars get spent on this movie? It's all a bunch of like handmade dresses and I bet fields. Cage, I bet Cage was was well, bucks. Yeah. I bet sure. he was a big part of the budget. Sure, and the Wicker Man did look pretty cool. 
He's a good-looking man. You know, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad at least, yeah, because they were following it so closely that I'm glad at least at the end they kind of do have that same, like, he sees it and gives that same, like, oh, God moment. Yeah. And uh, I did like seeing that Wicker Man at the end. But uh, the the ending in the original, man, seeing that shot, the shots in this one were great. The ground-up shots, that mm-hmm. thing looks, you know, it's bad news. Bad news when that's... But just the claustrophobia stuck on an island like none of that was played into none of that vibe was there you don't have that weirdo who plays the the grave digger mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy from clockwork orange forget his name right well you Alex's get the weird like blind officer. old ladies in this one right oh the, yeah the sisters it just felt that could have been used more like yeah it's like everything that was like something of its own just shows up for a fleeting second yeah. Or, or I don't know. I it love... Just, yeah. So it felt like he really thought that just having Nicolas Cage and then switching it from a male-dominated society with with women losing their virginity to town males of all ages to a sexless kind of women feminist... For, but he doesn't even do anything interesting with the feminism aspect. It's one thing to not do classic, classic Neil misogyny. Mm-hmm. It's just shocking how little I learned. Your friends and neighbors, I learned too much about these people. <laughs> you find out too much about these characters. Yeah. Aaron Eckhart has to be that guy who goes to screenings of these movies and people just hate this man. This guy's too realistically awful <laughs> when working with this guy's screenplays. And there's just nothing here. I'm sure it was a studio call to go PG-13. Mm-hmm. But it felt PG-13. And the Wicker Man original f- was R-rated for just the weirdest reasons. It is not a super violent movie until the awful screams at the end. The sexual content is presented so bizarrely <laughs> that yeah, it's right. like, oh, yeah, we're going to show nudity. Weird nudity. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be nudity with singing. Yeah. You know, and... The Maypole kind of stuff. Oh, and the main guy, he hates it. He hates boobs. Hates them. Can't stand them. Can't stand the sight of them. <laughs> and Kate, there's, so there's just nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you get a run of him just like, Lily Sobieski was good. I liked her. I liked her character. But then she's just kind of gone for a while. Yeah. That's, Molly Parker was good. And then she's just kind of gone. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah, it's like any anything interesting just isn't explored in any way yeah these characters you don't get any sense of and and of course they're all deceiving him and they're all in on it and you get that moment at the end where the kid runs away from him and does that same like to a t that like did i do good everything man yeah it's such a drag and uh yeah it's just like you go like neil did you just rewrite <laughs> this feels like very movie? very tame very easy like, it feels like something he wrote in a weekend where he took the original script and he's like, I'll change this and I'll change that. And, and on Monday, uh, I'll turn this in and make $40 million. Yeah. the, You know, I really love The Vanishing, the, mm. the, the 1987 movie. That's that's another movie that's not horror per se, but is, you know, chilling. Mm-hmm. Dread. Psychologically taught. Psycholo- <laughs> yeah. I mean, my mom said it was psychologically taught. So, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, there was a remake in the early 90s, much closer together. It was like 87 and then 93. 
Mm-hmm. Remake's got Jeff Bridges as the killer, and it totally goes full American finish at the end, adaptation style. You know, it comes into a fist fight confrontation. It's ridiculous, right? But it felt like something. You know, they were making it to American audience. This is just like, I'm not sure what audiences are. this is supposed to appeal to. Because anybody familiar with the original is just going to go, oh, yeah, it's the same stuff from the, from the one I like, but mm-hmm. not as good. And presented to new audiences, it's just like, what are we doing? What is this PG-13 flick yeah, for? Yeah, I, I, that's, that's what's so, yeah, maybe that's the ultimate kind of strange thing about if you were a teenager in 2006 watching this. Like, there's, there's no boobs. <laughs> there's no sure. violence. Like you see, like you said, you, you see a brief glimpse that they've killed the pilot at the end, and then there's the ending where he, where Nick Cage gets sacrificed. But there's no like killer. No, there's no. The mystery is kind of like the mystery is so not just... compelling because nobody's helping this guy solve a mystery. Like you need that like helper solving a mystery. Yeah, I, yeah. So it's just like imagine going to see this on a date night and just being like. So I guess they killed that guy at the end. Huh? <laughs> yeah. so the character of Jesus should made we, some odd choice. We could get a milkshake. Yeah, like what do you do? Uh, it's so like I don't know who it's for because yeah. part of the part of our, our our love of horror, you know, when we were kids, that that joy of seeing like an R-rated movie. I'm not supposed to be seeing this, and then it's something like Candyman. You're like, I'm definitely not supposed <laughs> to be seeing this. My parents would not have allowed this. Man, I could have seen Wicker Man. Like this PG thirteen, like yeah. this is no different than me going to see Congo when I, after baseball practice. Right, could have just done that, and maybe I would have loved it. Maybe I would have. Maybe this one would have stuck with me. But it's just, I can't believe this was such a miss. I can't believe that is so yeah. shocking to me. I cannot believe this was. Because it just, uh, and I like bad movies is kind of the thing. Like, I'm thinking right now in my head, like, what else was around that time that I liked? And, like, I liked all the Resident Evil movies, right? Like, I liked, I liked, like, pretty <laughs> we don't tame have... movies. The Final Destination franchises is hitting around this time. Yeah. It's like, you know. Uh, There's other stuff. Munich. The uh, <laughs> Freddy versus Jason we oh, loved. <laughs> yeah, we all loved it. You know, Freddy versus Jason, it's crazy that that's better than the Wicker Man. How did that happen? How? It's so bad, but it's just, how? It's so, no teeth, man. Yeah. It's such a drag. R.I.P. Johnny Ramone. They get... <laughs> and then I read, so it's dedicated to Johnny Ramone. Yeah, the first thing the credits of the Ramones. after Nicolas Cage burns up. James Franco and Jason Ritter show up out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. We have to get our obligatory six months later because there's more story to tell. Of Yeah. Then young James Franco and Jason Ritter get picked up at the bar by Lily Sobieski and... I guess one of the other girls. And, and Did not, we know that girl? Was that, the, was that Willow? Didn't was that look like Willow. Willow. This yeah, is some girl, girl that Lily Sobieski brought from Summer's Isle to pick up Franco and Ritter. Yeah. So apparently... The bees. So this is a thing. They is do. in the un- so in the unrated version, we actually get his legs getting broken. We mm. do a weird voiceover of Cage's legs getting broken in this one, where he's just like, "No, not my legs." My legs. <laughs> Which is what you would say if someone broke your legs. You would immediately go like, "My legs." <laughs> they should have see when De Palma was having Al Pacino do voiceover in Carlito's way. 
he knew to just put Carlito in that sound booth and go, let's hear it. <laughs> let's hear the last of the Mohicans. Uh-huh. Let's hear it. And that's why we got like, oh, God, I'm dying. <laughs> yes, that's what we're looking for. And so just like a brief snippet of him being like, not my legs, not the other one. Like, <laughs> brutal, brutal. Oh, my God, he fell. Like, no, like, it sucks so bad. The Wicker Man is cool. The idea of being burned alive is old. The original, it drags it out so long. You, like, yeah. you know this guy isn't getting out of it. The idea of being burned alive, not on the top of my list. No. And, Pretty and, low. Yeah, that, that original where he's finally trapped and, and pleading with them and knowing that it's no use. And you're hearing this, like, in my memory, it's like a, like a dong. Oh yeah, the just drum like, beat going in the back. That tense thing. And then yeah, in this one you just you got Angelo just playing some normal strings the whole time. <laughs> yeah, just like no, set, no, no. like yeah, I got some unused cues from the straight story. <laughs> yeah. Probably pump those in. Exactly. Yeah, man. Just the, the vibe was the first one is a vibes movie. It is yeah. setting up this place like some other weird cult universe. And this just it's got nothing. Got nothing. What a drag. It's got Franco. It's got Jason Ritter. They did it for Johnny. They did it for Johnny. This thing. How how bad would it be that you die and then like a pretty <laughs> shitty remake of a movie gets dedicated <laughs> to you? <laughs> and now I just just like I want every movie it's like up in heaven. Like yeah, that's me. <laughs> for they, Johnny Ramone. They dedicated The Wicker Man to me. Look, Neil. Ten years before this, <laughs> that was you making punk rock. In the company of men is punk rock. Mm. But the one for Johnny Ramone is when you took $40 million <laughs> to just be like, yeah, I guess we can film it on an island. Yeah, we just it, A lot of money's going into the man. A lot of man. We're going to have a lot of beehives. What? Mm. What? I know. What is this? And I think I read there at, at in the trivia, it's like, oh, no, they meant to make it an absurdist black comedy. Like, mm. And that feels like, mm-hmm. that feels like the... Uh, Oh, this didn't work. We better call it a black comedy. <laughs> yeah. It's real black. Yeah, we forgot the it's jokes. It's so black, it's not funny or absurdist at all. It's just a remake of The Wicker Man. Yeah, I mean, like, when you accidentally step in dog poop, you're going to try and be like, it's funny, right? <laughs> pretty, you aren't just going to be black. the guy that stepped in it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, it was supposed to be absurdist. I guess. Didn't seem that absurd, honestly. Yeah, That's exactly. what you're going for. You were. It is too restrained to be absurdist. It's just that that meme looks so tame. As you said, 2006. Right. What were we doing? Not my president. We were we, we were canceling people for far less than yeah. what we're Swift canceling boat them for scandals. Now. What was this? I don't know. Hearing about a little senator from Illinois for the first time. <laughs> I don't know. I can't put myself in 06. But I know I didn't see The Wicker Man back then. and Yeah. Sometimes these bad movies are ripe to, for the picking. And sometimes it's just like, yeah, 15%. That's probably fair. That's right. Yeah, right. What a drag. We got we to gotta get some... Profoundly disappointing Do uh, In the Company of Men as a reboot. Maybe. maybe. You know, no regrets. I want to check it's out okay. All the Cage, right? It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. I, I, I'm not upset about it. There's... Of course, there's better. We knew going in, there's better movies we can do. We aren't just looking to do the best. Exactly. We want to. We want to capture this man's existence. I. W- I was half expecting a vote for Captain Corelli's mandolin. So, so I've never close. done it. So close. I was so expecting close it. on the list. I thought for sure we were doing Captain Corelli. 
Like it's too There's still time. It was this chicken fight where I was positive. I was like, he's expecting me to write it, <laughs> exactly. but I want to see if he writes it. Whoa, should in. I write this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have done City of Angels. Let's do a let's do a oh, Vim Vendor's City of Angels episode. Wings of Desire, City of Angels, little Goo Goo Dolls intermission. I think that's maybe that's the uh, the lesson here is don't hire Nick Cage to remake a movie. Just make something original with him. If you're gonna hire him for a remake, let him make it his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it. So many people know he Nick- did his own like bad lieutenant version. Yes, right. right. They didn't have to remake it. They're just like you. Just go off on on this different lieutenant, point. different yeah. lieutenant. Port of Call, New Orleans. Yeah, you're a different man. And yeah, this is just why get this guy to just do this. Why get this guy? Come on, come on, Neil. Yeah, they paid some. They paid some bills. It's crazy that people know him for this. Mm-hmm. He's so much bigger. There's so much. It's a much bigger world. We're gonna hit Mandy up next week. That's our. Ne- that's the big one. Mandy's big. That's the big one. That's that's really started that run of. You know, he still does a lot of movies that we don't know, but this is the. Kate, this is one of the, his best eras. Yeah. Mandy really kicked off that. Oh, he's back. Cage is back. He's never gone away, but he's like back, back. Cage, like, uh, yeah. After this movie and in throughout the 2010s, it was like he'd come up for air every like three years mm-hmm. with a good movie. There'd be a lot more Redbox, yeah, move straight to Redbox movies, but he was still pumping out some quality acting roles. You know, you'd get weird, you know, underground comedies like Mom and Dad, right. Joe. Right. You know, the World Trade Center sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think he's a man who, uh, you know, I, I think he is an actor who really believes in art, not just money and not just the business of it. And I think he gets inspired by a lot of people. And I think Mandy is one of the most inspired things I've ever seen him do. Yeah. And I've uh, hearing him, and we'll get into it then, but... You know, I heard him say that when he saw Beyond the Black Rainbow, he couldn't sleep for a week. I love and, that. And wanted to do something with Panos. And uh, I think that shows. It really shows. You know, and I, and I think that shows on all his good movies. We just talked about adaptation and working with an artist. I think he is a guy that feeds off of that energy around him. And you can see so many movies where he just doesn't have any energy around him to feed off of or to, to bounce off of or to jump off of. And I think that's what happened here. It's like he just got a bunch of nobodies on an island, giving him nothing really to work with. The the Wicker Man seventy three has such restraint in its weirdness. You're seeing things you're not expecting, but it really slowly drags this out, right? But in these very satisfying breadcrumbs ways, you know, as he's getting deeper into this, and you keep thinking the mystery's so much better. You keep thinking mm-hmm. it's gonna go somewhere, and this feels just so unmysterious. Yeah, there. Whereas that restraint was necessary to the mood of the original. This one could have been just madness, just Nick Cage causing havoc on Summer Isle, and it's like he took it so seriously. Mm-hmm. I want. You don't have to go that far for over the top cage, and this is just should have been more over the top. It's needed yeah. so, whatever it needed was something different mm-hmm. from what we got. So it pains me to say that it came to this. It did. K 
cage week is canceled. Whew. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Cage right, match. Right over. when we were gonna do Mandy. Mandy, huh? Just, I think he's gonna pull it up. Made me dislike Mandy. Mandy no. is like the yeah. This is the point in the cage match where he's down and he's trying to reach for the ropes. You know, <laughs> and it's like the the guy's counting eight, nine. <laughs> we, we need him to touch those he's ropes. Touching him, he's getting to the. <laughs> and, and Mandy is where he grabs the rope and then the the other hands the other hands up <laughs> and waving. He's shaking him. He's getting back the up. The legs kicking, and he's about to yeah, he's about to go hell in a cell on this one. He's big man. Cage is hitting theaters now. Renfield's coming out. Oh, I know. I want to see it. So right, it looks pretty silly, but I want to see it. He's making movies worth seeing. I yeah. probably won't see Crudes too, but he's <laughs> doing stuff. Forty two years old. He's he is making movies that I want to see again. Yeah. Instead of movies, it's just like Nick Cage was in three movies this year. I heard they're making him Paddington three, and and after him and wow and uh, Pascal Pascal doing uh, watching Paddington two in, in unbearable weight. I hope they give a give him a role somewhere. In he has P three. They did so much for that. But like the love that he has for Paddington two. Yeah, but I love that story you said <laughs> of him watching Beyond the Black Rainbow. I just yeah. love the idea of him as a guy watching movies, appreciating the art. Love actors watching and appreciating other actors and. Yeah. Sometimes you do a wicker man. I bet he got paid money. I bet it bought him like a weird egg. Exactly. Or, somebody's, or like somebody's famous jacket. It's <laughs> like a cool jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Pro- it probably like, just paid for like some lawyer bills he had. <laughs> yeah. Some, there's some divorces. There's some new plugs. Some yeah. hair plugs needed. So yeah. Whatever. Yeah. As long as he's still... Knowing, just don't stop. In that, hindsight, right? knowing that we, that we eventually got Mandy... And pig and the old way and unbearable weight, knowing that this we keep talking about these movies like this could have killed him. This could have killed him. Vampire's kiss, like that's a lot of choices. That could have killed him. Nope. Just led to the most fruitful decade of any actor that can ever yeah. exist could have, right? That's the one thing to be grateful for. Yeah. It's a, he he can stumble in a movie like this and uh still still live on to fight the next day. Yeah. Unlike the World Trade Center, he's still standing. <laughs> I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Good night.